What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 8, Part 1 of The Scouts of Stonewall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. The Scouts of Stonewall by Joseph A. Outscheller. Chapter 8 The Mountain Battle. Part 1 General Jackson and several of his senior officers were examining the valley with glasses, but Harry, with eyes trained to the open air and long distances, could see clearly nearly all that was going on below. He saw a movement among the masses of men in blue, and he saw officers on horseback galloping along the banks of the river. Then he saw cannon in trenches with their muzzles elevated toward the heights and he knew that the Union troops must have had warning of Jackson's coming, and he saw, too, that the officers below also had glasses through which they were looking. There was a sudden blaze from the mouth of one of the cannon. A shell shot upward, whistling and shrieking, and burst far above their heads. Harry heard pieces of falling metal striking on the rocks behind them. The mountains sent back the cannon's roar in a sinister echo. A second gun flashed, and again the shell curved over their heads. But Jackson paid no heed. He was still watching intently through his glasses. "'The enemy is up and alert,' whispered St. Clair to Harry. "'I judge that these are western men, used to sleeping with their eyes open.' "'Like as not a lot of them are mountain West Virginians,' said Harry. They're strong for the North, and it is likely, too, that they're the men who have discovered Jackson's advance. And they mean to make it warm for us. Listen to those guns. It's hard shooting aiming at men on heights, but it shows what they could do on level ground. Jackson presently retired with his officers, and Harry, parting from his friends of the Invincibles, went with him. Back among the ridges all the troops were under arms, the weary ones having risen from their blankets which were now tied in rolls on their backs. They had not yet been able to bring the artillery up the steeps. Harry saw that the faces of all were eager as they heard the thunder of the guns in the valley below. Among the most eager was a regiment of Georgians arrived but recently with the reinforcements. Many of the men, 
speaking from the obscurity of the crowded ranks, did not scorn to hurl questions at their officers. Are we going to fight the Yankees at last? I'd rather take my chances with the bullets than march any more. Lead us down and give us a chance at them. Colonel Leonidas Talbot and Lieutenant Colonel Hector St. Hilaire were among the officers who had gone with Jackson to the verge of the cliff, and now, when they heard the impertinent but eager questions from the massed ranks, they looked at each other and smiled. It was not according to West Point, but these were recruits, and here was enthusiasm which was a pearl beyond price. General Jackson beckoned to Harry and three other young staff officers. Take glasses, he said. Go back to the verge of the cliff and watch for movements on the part of the enemy. If any is made, be sure that you see it and report it to me at once. The words were abrupt, sharp, admitting of no question or delay, and the four fairly ran. Harry and his comrades lay down at the edge of the cliff and swept the valley with their glasses. The great guns were still firing at intervals of about a minute. The gunners could not see the southern troops drawn back behind the ridges, but Harry believed that they might be guided by signals from men on opposite slopes. But if signalmen were there, they were hidden by the forest even from his glasses. The smoke from the cannon was gathering heavily in the narrow valley, so heavily that it began to obscure what was passing there in the northern army. But the four, remembering the injunction of Jackson, a man who must be obeyed to the last and minutest detail, still sought to pierce through the smoke both with the naked eye and with glasses. As a rift appeared, Harry saw a moving mass of men in blue, it was a great body of troops, and the sun shining through the rift glittered over bayonets and rifle barrels. They were marching straight toward a slope which led at a rather easy grade up the side of the mountain. "'They're not waiting to be attacked. They're attacking!' cried Harry, springing to his feet and running to the point where he knew Jackson stood. Jackson received his news, looked for himself, and then began to push on the troops. A shout arose as the army pressed forward to meet the enemy who were coming so boldly. "'We ought to beat them, as we have the advantage of the heights,' exclaimed Sherbert, who was now on foot. But the advantage was the other way. Those were staunch troops who were advancing men of Ohio and West Virginia, and while they were yet on the lower slopes, their cannon firing over their heads swept the crest with shot and shell. The eager southern youths, as invariably happens with those firing downward, shot too high. The northern regiments, now opening with their rifles and taking better aim, came on in splendid order. What a magnificent charge! Harry heard Sherburn exclaim. The rifles by thousands were at work, and the unceasing crash sent echoes far through the mountains. The southerners at the edge of the cliff were cut down by the fire of their enemy from below. Their loss was now far greater than that of the north, and their officers sought to draw them back from the verge, 
to a ridge where they could receive the charge just as it reached the crest and pour into them their full fire the eager young regiment from georgia refused to obey have we come all these hundreds of miles from georgia to run before the yankees they cried and stood there pulling trigger at the enemy while their own men fell fast before the bitter northern hail harry too was forced to admire the great resolution and courage with which the northern troops came upward but he turned away to be ready for any command that jackson might give him the general stood by a rock attentively watching the fierce battle that was going on but not yet giving any order but harry fancied that he saw his eyes glisten as he beheld the ardor of the troops a detachment of virginians posted in the rear seeking a break in the first line rushed forward without orders filled the gap and came face to face with the men in blue harry thought he saw jackson's eyes glisten again but he was not sure the crash of the battle increased fast the southern troops had no artillery but as the northern charge came nearer the crest their bullets ceased to fly over the heads of their enemies but struck now in the ranks the ridges were enveloped in fire and smoke a fresh southern regiment was thrown in and the valiant northern charge broke the brave men of ohio and west virginia although they fought desperately and encouraged one another to stand fast were forced slowly back down the slope harry and a half dozen others beside him heard jackson say apparently to himself the battle will soon be over harry knew instinctively that it was true he had gotten into the habit of believing everything jackson said the end came in fifteen minutes more and with it came the night the soldiers in their ardor had not noticed that the long shadows were creeping over the mountains the sun had already sunk in a blood-red blur behind the ridges and as the men in blue slowly yielded the last slope darkness which was already heavy in the defiles and ravines swept down over the valley jackson had won but his men had suffered heavily and moreover he had stood on the defense with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.